Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, World of Dance is back on NBC, and I've got Ian Eastwood joining me here in studio. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. All right, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of To The Point with Kristen Burt, presented by Popcorn Talk and Dance Network. And I am so excited by today's guest, who also chose this music. And we've got the disco lights. And to me, the best Michael Jackson album ever off the wall. Um, Ian Eastwood, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm happy to be here. This is a really good way to start the hour, I think. Um, And I already tried to get it out of him. I'll just let you guys know this ahead of time. Who won that three-way duel? And he said, you have to wait until tonight. And I was like, darn it. It's not coming out. It's not coming out. And NBC (laughs) is also going to kill us if we talk about it in this hour. We are going to talk about the show, though, of course. And um, what we like to do here at To The Point is always just kind of like go back to the beginning. Go back to like baby Ian. And Mm. for you, your story to me is so fascinating because (laughs) you've kind of created your dance career versus just taking classes and that's it. And I love the vision that not only you have had, but your parents have been so supportive along the way. So kind of take us back to like who inspired you to get into that very first dance class because I think you were watching some boy bands and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I had originally first kind of started to take interest in dance around when I was 10. And it wasn't really like... I knew exactly what I was doing, but I just started noticing, like, I think it was in sync on, like, some award shows and stuff like that, but I was really young, so I didn't really even understand fully, but it was definitely in sync, and I started, like, trying to do some moves with my friends, mm-hmm. like, after school and stuff, and then my parents kind of were just like, oh, you know, like, he's pretty good, and my parents taught art classes out of our house. Since I was, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe, like, four or five. Mm -hmm. And so there was, like, a constant flow of just, like, people in the community coming through. And my mom had met this lady who owned a local dance studio. And uh, my parents went to go take a uh, partner class there. And then I ended up dancing there. And then I took my first hip-hop class, like, pretty shortly after that. And it was, uh, like, the week of Halloween. (laughs) And, um... And uh, the teacher taught Thriller, and he taught, like, the choreography from the video. Mm -hmm. And I was 10, and at that time, like, you know, you're just starting to kind of find your own music at around 10 and, like, take interest in your own things. And um, I don't think Michael really had been releasing stuff around that era and at that time. And we didn't have cable, so I had basically discovered Michael, like, that first hip-hop class, like, what Michael Jackson That's kind of amazing. Because I was 10, but there was no real reason for me to know who Michael Jackson was in everyday life, you know, unless he's on the radio or whatever, but he wasn't coming out with music. Yeah, he's not on your local, like, pop station at that point. Exactly, exactly. So I had just, like, basically discovered Michael Jackson in this class, and then, um, you know, my parents went and got me a DVD of all his videos, and I remember seeing Smooth Criminal 
like I got it for Christmas I remember that year I, I started dancing on like right around Halloween and I got that DVD for Christmas and uh, I saw Smooth Criminal and I saw all the other videos too but like for some reason there was something about Smooth Criminal that I just really was like this is the coolest thing I've ever seen like in my entire life like this is the coolest thing you had really good taste at a young age you understand that right yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> no mean, seriously yeah. because he, he especially for in the 80s and, and then the 90s I mean he set the bar for mm-hmm. what dance looked like in that yeah. era yeah and it was just something about like all these like cool dudes just dancing and just looking like wearing suits and just like looking awesome you know and like, he's got the shoes in that one too yeah. right the it's ones- just like fan. it's very fantastical you know he like he flips the coin and it flies for like 20 feet and then, you know, he like hits a guy and he like disappears into the wall. And it's like, <laughs> it's very corny, but also at the same time, like something's so cool about that, you know, that just like makes it like at that time it was doing stuff that was like, oh my God, this happened in this music video. Like, that's so cool. Like, Well, Michael was a filmmaker too and I don't yeah. think people necessarily appreciate that because mm-hmm. he had a vision beyond just like, I'm going to sing and I'm going to dance a couple steps and do this. It was a whole overall concept. Yeah. Exactly. And then that, that kind of like made me be like, I don't really know exactly what I want to do, but I de- like that's what I want to do. And I I didn't necessarily want to like make music, but I liked the visual aspect of mm-hmm. it, and that's pretty much like if you look at Smooth Criminal and you look at all the stuff that I've like done over the years, they're basically just like cool dance videos, and that's pretty much what like Smooth Criminal is. Huge know? influence for you. Yeah, exactly. At what point, uh, you know, I know you're at a local dance studio, but you kind of outgrew that, didn't you, oh, real pretty fast, quickly? Yeah. Within, like, the first year, it was just, like, not the right spot. Because a lot of, like, local studios, they just, they don't, you know. It's they recreational. They don't really know the yeah. whole dance scape, you know. So, um, I went and trained at Giordano Jazz for, like, I think, like, three years, maybe, and I was, like, in their whole program, and I, like, took all these different genres, and... Were you doing ballet at Giordano's? I was Giordano's? doing ballet, I was doing jazz, I was doing tap, I was doing everything. That's so, amazing, because that's yeah. a really big school in Chicago, it's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, so it's, like, and they started, like, a youth program, which was cool, so I was over there doing that, and training hard, and then I started training with Monsters of Hip Hop, like, pretty early on, and then... I would just, like, spend my money to come out to L.A. and train in L.A. Um, anytime I could and just link up with, like, newer, younger choreographers that, like, I just related to and I just thought were really cool. And um, I've realized, I guess, like, recently that the whole reason I'm where I'm at more than my ability to dance is that I like to find people that, like, I like to find and support people that whose work is like really amazing, but maybe is doesn't get like enough shine. A little under the radar. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the interesting point. And there is a video, and I think you you made it. And there's all these videos, like 2009. You have all these choreogra- choreographers, which I think came to uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, yep, yep, yep. I mean, all of these choreographers who now are even bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how were you even at that young age, sort of like? had an eye for like I like their work I like yeah. their choreography let's get them to the city see that's what I'm saying I think I'm I know what's good better than me being good at it so mm-hmm. it's like and it, it's literally the same thing with all it's literally the exact same thing with all of my career so it's not just within choreographers and me training and being like yo I think you're really dope 
would you be down to like come to my me and my parents house and like stay with us and collaborate with me and teach me a bunch of stuff and if that goes to someone that's like maybe like in their career they're feeling like I don't know what's going on like people aren't giving me a shot a shot people aren't giving me a chance and you have someone that's like pretty young being like yo I think you're amazing like can you teach me stuff like of course that's gonna make you feel good and so I just established that that type of relationship with like a lot of people that I just am like yo I support you I don't even know you I don't even know anything about you but like I think you're dope I think you're this I think you were you taking classes with some of these people maybe at at Monsters Hip Hop or were you seeing them on YouTube sometimes I was just seeing them dance so are they are they sometimes like were you like just sending them like an email at the time or I like- remember I uploaded my first video to YouTube to get try and get Tucker Barkley and Nick DeMora to see my choreography get out yeah that's a fact cause I the first video I saw on YouTube in um 2006 was um which is when I started my YouTube channel I started mm-hmm. my YouTube channel channel in 2006 and that's the that's the year we got internet at my house yeah Um, (laughs) which is a crazy sentence your parents are happy they did that though yeah Yeah. so i got the internet and i was just like whoa there's a whole world right here yeah i was just so excited to have the internet especially because we didn't even have cable we got cable after we got the internet well your parents have been so supportive and just i mean if my i don't know if i would say to my mom like can we this random choreographer come and stay with us and teach me and like everything's going to be fine they're pretty cool yeah i mean were they was it their idea was it your idea or kind of you guys collaborated um well so what happened was um all the things that i did can't kind of came out of like happenstance like we i was training in chicago and I was saving my money to go to Monsters Hip Hop when I could and come to L.A. when I could. But the problem was, like, in Chicago, the community was kind of dying at the time. And it was going through a lot of, like, drama that didn't have anything to do with dance in any way. Um, so we felt like Chicago needed something for people to, like, continue to grow. Because at that point, I had already invested, you know, maybe five years into the dance community of Chicago. So it's like, well, this is now my community. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing happening here. And I've started to post some videos, and people start to, like, like my stuff. And I've, like, built a couple relationships with people just by, like, you know, being like, hey, you're cool, and I like your stuff, and going to their classes and whatever. And so we were just, like, it started with me trying to teach my own class independently outside of a crew which was like a really big deal at that time like going independent and like not having the support of a crew to post your flyer and do all this stuff was like a really big deal so we taught I taught a first solo class and it was the same weekend as uh, Thanksgiving and we got like a really good turnout and mm-hmm. it was like just off of me posting a flyer on MySpace that I like MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> We're going back. <laughs> yeah. And that was like a really big deal. And like, um, so the next one we hit up Nick DeMora, who's now Justin Bieber's creative director Huge. and Ariana's creative, you know, he's done all that stuff. So, um, but at that time, he, he was actually not getting as much stuff out in LA. Like, he had just moved to LA. Like, he was having like, a weird time with like the dance and choreography thing and but I he had started uploading YouTube videos and I was like flipping out because his style like just to me meant a lot because I just was like that's really cool like I thought it was so dope yeah it's calling out to you so exactly so we linked up 
and we taught like a collaboration class and I think he was the first person we brought out but maybe it might have been something else but we brought out all those people Tucker Barkley Tony Zarr Jillian Myers Jillian Myers I'm like who had a big year with La La Land assisting yeah. Mandy Moore like yeah. you just it's, it's like a time capsule Erica honestly Sobel. it's amazing um, some really amazing choreographers um, so yeah so we kind of started that because what happened was my training in Chicago kind of hit like a glass ceiling yeah you plateaued and then we couldn't afford like we literally could not afford to send me all the time you make a really good point, and you know, I think in one of your videos, you're talking about it. Just the conventions, they're so expensive, yeah. and it's not affordable for everyone to go and fly every single weekend somewhere. Yeah, and I always had tuition covered because I would win scholarships, so I didn't even have to pay for the convention. But it was still like, dang, I got to do a flight, I got to do food. I remember like weekends that my my parents would really like help me out, and they would like get my flights but then like i would pay for my food and like hotels are expensive yeah so i would try and like hustle a bunch of people in chicago to go because then if not all three of us have to go or not even two of us just one just me and then someone they're cool with like i would hustle my friends to like go to this convention so that i could pay less not not hustle like in a bad way but it was also like (laughs) i pushed harder than i needed to because i discovered ian's hustle I just wanted to dance so bad, and I wanted to get good so bad. It's literally all I cared about. That is, like, the only thing I care about in the world, so. The other thing that kind of amazes me, too, is your calling for teaching and choreographing came very young. Because I think Mm. a lot of people don't discover that. Um, Choreographing maybe later on their career. Teaching, sometimes for them, it's a fallback in a way to support themselves. Mm -hmm. But for you, it's kind of just instinctive. Yeah. Well, the way I saw that was, like, my... My parents are both artists and are phenomenal. So I watched every single day. I mean, when you're a kid, it's like you're learning. You're literally learning every day. So it's like if you grow up in your house every day of your life seeing your parents just create. Mm -hmm. Every single day creating. So it's like when I was dancing, it didn't make any sense to me to just do the dancing part. Like, of course you would have to make up... Well, if you're dancing, you got to make up your own dancing. Like, of course you have to. So it wasn't... I didn't even really understand that that was, like, a a big deal to do. I just thought that that's what you should do if you're dancing. Because you should make your own at some point. It's cool to learn other people's, but you should also be able to do your own. And I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's just my parents, you know, just being artists and, like, creating themselves and, you know, stuff like that, so... I started choreographing the same year I started dancing, and that came out because uh, I wanted to perform at the talent show for the first time. I was I was about to go into middle school, and I wanted to perform at the fifth grade talent show. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and I had asked my teacher if I could perform the piece that I had learned in class, and I was literally a few months into dancing, so I didn't understand anything about anything. And she, like, she, like, took me privately into a room and, like, flipped out on me. And was, like, made me feel so bad. And I'm a sensitive kid, though. Like, so maybe I, like, in my head it was a way bigger deal than it was. But I, from my memory, she, like, flipped out on me. You can't do someone else's work. Yeah, and I was just, like, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) I'm 10 years old. And my mom found out about that, and she flipped out. and, And, and she gave me, like, a, like, a lot of love and encouragement my mom was like well why don't you just go downstairs in the basement and you just like do your own thing and you 
you know, you you make your own dance. And she, like, she was like, it's going to be even better than the one you're going to do. And so she just gave me, like, this, like, major confidence boost. Mm-hmm. And then I went out and choreographed my first solo. And that is in a, on a VHS somewhere. You need to get that up yeah. on YouTube. You know that. <laughs> my first dance performance. My first piece of choreography ever. Yeah. Come on, that'll have, like, a million views in, like, a day. <laughs> That's incredible. At what point did you form um, Young Lions? So Young Lions happened because we didn't have the um, the money to keep sending me to train. So that's when I started bringing people out. And Young Lions was formed. Essentially, it's what I've been saying. It's like the young, creative, hungry mm-hmm. people that are, go- are are striving to be, you know, to be great, to be the leader of the pack, are striving to, like, you know, help others and, and lead. So it represents just those people that are working really hard and maybe they're not getting the big recognition but their creativity is pure and it's coming from a place that's like genuine to them and genuine to the people like around them so did you form in chicago and then started in chicago and and it was basically just like workshops essentially and then it kind of turned into like clothes for like um us like selling merch and just designs and then that kind of spawned out of that I would do performance sets in Chicago and my parents would design like t-shirts for us to wear and then when I started traveling to teach I my parents didn't want me to go alone because that's terrifying Mm -hmm. um so we would support um like one of my parents air travel by selling shirts so that I could still keep the money that I made yep which is, like, an awesome sacrifice as a parent because right. you're, like, spending... You're actually, like, spending money for your, to just scratch even for your kid to make money, which is, like, really cool. Um, so they, like, really helped me with that. And so then it was kind of more focused on workshop and, workshops and clothes for a while. And then at a certain point, I started teaching at Pulse, mm-hmm. and I started training, like... A consistent group of people as opposed to traveling the world and teaching a different workshop in a different place all the time it's hard to it's like it's easy to build relationships with organizers but it's hard to build relationships with students because you know if you go to Italy two times a year and then you come back the next year like maybe some student that you thought was really really amazing but you were gone all year maybe they just have life stuff because they live in Italy or they live in whatever country and it's just like you're not seeing them every week yeah dance is just not a real thing you know it's like a hobby mm-hmm. in a lot of places like even as much as seriously as some people take it, it's like there's literally not any work for them to support themselves besides teaching classes locally so it's hard for people to like build that momentum in different countries and different places but with the dance convention it was cool because I was seeing the same people coming to different cities again and again and again and yeah. then next year it's the same kid again and again and again and you're building a following yeah I build I build a relationship with these kids so um, and now they're not even kids. Like, these are all, like, men now that are, like... <laughs> I was only a couple years older than them at the time, but if it's, like, 18 and 15, it's, like, oh, my God, this is literally a kid. It seems like a million years difference, Yeah, but, but now not... it's, like, they're 21 and I'm 24, and it's, like, no crazy... It's crazy, though. It's so it's totally like I've been, with, I've been with them for so long and training them, and so what happened was we needed to kind of give some solidarity to the people that I was training. So Mm -hmm. we started calling them, like, probably going back, like, two-ish, three years ago, we started calling certain people Young Lions because I started to realize, okay, well, there's, like, a regular group of people that 
if I'm going to be working and I started to work more, so I need dancers more, like mm-hmm. I need to kind of have some consistency with this. So we kind of started Young Lions. It's basically a training program. It's not really even, it is a crew now because we've been on the show and there's, you World know. the dance. <laughs> exactly. We're a crew now because we hang out every day because we work every day because we, you know, do all this stuff. So it's been a long process, but it wasn't originally like formed to be a crew. It was just to, for me to have something to train the new generation because right. I had felt I was like at the tail end of the last generation because I was so young and just starting to like work a little bit and just starting to hang around and see what it was like out here before the internet kind of changed everything and then the internet was like a whole separate generation and then there was like a secondary generation to the internet mm-hmm. um, and we're in that kind of like right now and it's probably going to go into a new thing it very will. soon. It shifts. It shifts quickly. Very too. soon. Um, and for this generation, they have no idea about the generation that I came from, even though I'm technically in this middle generation. Right. And you're also not that old. Do you exactly. know what I mean? You're not 50. You're not exactly. 60. <laughs> but then it's weird because I've been around in dance for 14 years. Right. Which is a long time. It's a lifetime. Yeah. It really so is a lifetime. I've, now it's been over half my life. So That's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, there's only 10 years of my life where I wasn't dancing now. <laughs> you know? And you're like, I don't remember life without it anymore. Yeah, I literally don't. So um, it's something that's like very personal and deep to me because I've invested so much time into this. It's that um, it's, in the last year, it's made everything a lot easier because I... I approach everything from like a pure standpoint of like well at this point after where I'm at like what's the point of me doing this Mm -hmm. unless I care about it because I've done all the stuff that I wanted to do which is awesome to say like as goals that I set for myself as a 15 year old or as a 14 year old like I accomplished those things way earlier than I expected to Mm -hmm. so at this point moving forward it's like unless there's a real reason unless there's like a bigger purpose I'm trying to serve for like people there's not a whole lot of reason for me to do something unless I'm really passionate about it you know yeah and I mean what are those goals because I actually saw you at the high strung premiere which I guess now was over a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. um and you were like I want to direct a feature film Mm -hmm. is that still on the radar yeah um it's still on the radar I've grown a lot as like a person though I think since then at that time, everything was more driven by personal goals that, like, I want to, like, milestones that I want to accomplish. So at that time, it was much more like, I want to have done this exact thing by this point in my life. I want to have done this exact thing. But at this point, um, dance has shifted a lot since then, and my life has shifted a lot since then. Mm-hmm. And. I've also become more realistic with certain things and where they're at and how things flow in, in L.A. And, and just everything. Things are very different. So I'd say that that's definitely a goal of mine to direct a feature, but not in the same way that it was before in the sense that, like, I just wanted to do it. But now at yeah. this point, I think my purpose is bigger than just, like, I want to direct a feature film. It's more like... I want to be a part of something at all times that's making a difference in a positive right. way. Right. Like a passion, you want a passion project. You exactly. don't want to just like, I'll take this because I'm going to take a great exactly. paycheck and stuff like that. So if it's like, if it's time for me to direct a feature film in my life, then it's like, 
that's what I believe I should be doing. But like right now, I'm working with a lot of artists behind the scenes and mm-hmm. not a lot of a lot of times the work that I do doesn't have anything to do with dance. A lot of sometimes I'll just go to the studio with an artist and just tell them they'll just ask my opinion about what you know what where this song should go on the album where they like stuff that has literally nothing to do with dance but I guess what I think is my bigger purpose is that being a part of the culture being a part of like hip hop culture being a part of dance culture Mm -hmm. trying to like kind of reintegrate dance more into hip hop culture and the way that I think it used to be um and just blending those things and giving getting the door a little bit more open for dance because dancers are just very like secluded and mm-hmm. they just kind of keep this like guard up and I don't know I just think that we're such a huge part of human culture since the beginning of time but dancers to me sometimes feel like they're very desperate for people to love and appreciate them when it's like but you're so dope on your own you know right. just do your thing just shine and just like create your own thing you know instead of being like no one's giving me opportunity no one's giving me a voice no one's like, like well if you're a real artist like you just Great. make you just scream and you make that voice be heard you know and that's kind of like I guess the route I took just not in such a like ugly way no, I know. <laughs> no, but it's good because I, I, you're you're kind of like you're an anomaly in that way because you discovered it at a very young age. Where I think a lot of artists like it sometimes takes them their entire yeah. life to get there. Um, yeah. And I think you know for you too, which I do think is interesting, and I do want to talk a little bit about World of Dance. You were initially a little hesitant um, yeah. to go on the show. Can you talk a little bit about that hesitation? Yeah, well, because I've danced on a TV show before and then I've danced on just in general on TV a few times. And TV is hard because the moment something goes on TV, it has a thousand more people that it has to like filter through and then have to sign off on things. And, and any amount of those people, you could drastically have a different goal than the person that is in charge of how you look on television right so that's really scary as someone that's an artist and also something that's really scary as someone that's an artist is you know the last television show i went on i didn't we didn't get to pick our music we didn't get to pick what we wore we didn't get to pick anything and then we talked about america's best dance crew yeah ah i didn't know it was that um controlled yeah and then we had to say that we Love this song. We picked this this week, and it's just like I don't know. It's I know music clearance is hard. That that we we do know that we talk about that all the yeah. time. But at the same time, if you're not um, moved by the music as a crew, like yeah, what do you well, that's do? not what I'm doing this for. You know, yeah. like I don't do this because I don't know. It was very hard on America's Best Dance Crew. It was that's a very hard experience. So it was good though. I learned like a ton, and I learned about the reality of being on a reality show um and it was like a great experience it wasn't bad in any way but it is not reality right, right. so whatever you're seeing is not not that things are controlled but things are skewed however who wants them to be seen this way or they that way. They do have a storyline for everyone. I think people need to understand that, that they're like, this is the crew that does this, and this is the yeah. crew that... And so they kind of have that theme that runs through the entire season. Yeah. That isn't necessarily who you are yeah, off exactly. camera. Exactly. And then the, the problem with any TV show is like, I'm not a big drama person. Mm-hmm. So 
sometimes for TV, I think it's like, why do we have this dude? Because he's just like chilling and not really. <laughs> he's just doing his thing and right. just like. You're not going to bring on like the crazy. I'm just not. I'm not going to say anything outrageous. I might say something that's very true and hurts some people's feelings, but that's that's just also like that's trying to be hip hop. That's trying to be like part of the culture and be truthful and that's just like trying to honor the culture so it's like i'm not really going to provide a lot of drama or like tv excitement other than like whatever i'm going to create you know so i just you don't know what type of show it is when someone's asking you do you want to be on a tv show and it took nappy tabs right to get yeah exactly and so i i kind of like just was working and enjoying what i was doing and didn't really have like you know time to even really consider it and then I got a personal phone call from Nappy Tabs actually while we were at a World of Dance live show, <laughs> which is really odd. <laughs> um, and yeah, and they told me like kind of what the vibe was that they were they were EPing it and they were just trying to like really do dance justice. Mm-hmm. And you know they they had mentioned like a couple people that they had talked to that were like really considering it. And then once I heard that, I was like, you know okay like not even you know not that it was a guaranteed thing but just like is this something you're interested in it that that's what flipped the switch for me was like okay so this is real so we're doing this for for dance culture okay like this is legit okay cool like i'm gonna hear this out because this is like important to me Mm -hmm. the only reason why it wouldn't be important to me is if it was going to be something that wasn't legit and the moment that you have any of these people that are on the show that are on the show the Twins, Keone Mari, Jabwat. I mean, these are real people in the dance community. So it automatically validates it by just the people that show up. Right. Absolutely. You know. Um, so when you get there, and I, I want to talk about the qualifying round because I, I had this whole discussion on it. They, you know, you guys perform, and then the, the judges were a little bit like, ah, I think it needed to be more. And I was like, does anyone know what like Ian's choreography and style looks like? Yeah. To me, I thought that was like, I, know, I, I got it. Too. Well, and th- but here's the other thing. I would have been like, "Are you kidding me?" And then you handled it so well. <laughs> like I was so I was like, I would have melted down. Probably been like, "Are you kidding me? Have you watched me on YouTube? Have you seen?" <laughs> I, which you can't do. I know that. But at the same time, I was like, "You took the constructive criticism and thought some of it. I thought was a little oh, not so helpful, but um, I thought you took it so well and you took it um, very openly." Well, here's the thing: is like, not everybody's gonna like what you do. And I learned that from, like, a super young age by, like, literally people just blowing up my computer by saying, like, super hateful stuff and, like, stuff Good that Good old YouTube comments. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. If someone doesn't like something I do, I'm literally just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, like, <laughs> That's it. well, I'm going to keep doing it, you know. Right. I, I, whether I'm on this national television stage or whether I'm making this video for $500, I'm literally going to be doing the same thing. So it's like, I'm only here... Um, to show my art to the world, you know? So if, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It's cool. But, like, I'm trying to just do something that I think people will enjoy and people can relate to and, like, something that's not, like, super prevalent in culture right now is, like, you know, more intricate, more seriously taken dance. Like, mm-hmm. that's not super popular. So I'm trying to show people and show kids that, like, if you like this, like... There is people that do this for real and, like, really love it and, like, 
and they don't wait for people to tell them yes they can do it we're a group of kids that just go out and we don't have a permit and we don't have this and we don't have that but we're gonna make a dope video and people are gonna like it and they're gonna feel like connected to it because it came from somewhere that was just like we're doing it for culture it's not for it's genuine it's authentic yeah, I'm not trying to get anything out of anybody. Like, if I'm dancing to a song, it's because I really love this song. Maybe I want to connect with the artist, and I think we can make some cool art together. Like, it's not, I want to be popular because I'm picking this artist, because a lot of the artists I pick, like, people don't even, haven't even heard of yet, right. or, or whatever. And, like, I'm trying to show people, like, yo, look at this artist, and, like, you know, that's what I've always been trying to do. So, I don't know, it just comes from a place that's, that just cares, so... Well, that's good. You handled it well. Did you... Because they, they were like, take it up a notch. This is a competition. When you went into the battle, I know we can't talk about the outcome yeah. of the battle. Did you amp it up, or did you yeah. come in still with, like, this is who I am? Well, so you have a choice. When you get when you get a criticism like that on a TV show, you have a choice. You could either take it and be butthurt about it, um, even if you disagree with it, which I kind of disagree with. Um, I disagree with it, so I'll second that. <laughs> I just disagree with it because as judges, you're not telling contemporary people to come up and not do contemporary because it wasn't hard enough for the competition. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I do. I do, well, actually, that's not just what I do. I do, I'll do whatever. I'll do a hip-hop record. I'll do a super aggressive record. I'll do a, something that people would think is only for contemporary. I'll do a funky record. I'll do, like, it doesn't matter. I love music. I'll dance to whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't pigeonhole myself stylistically. So I decided to do this this week because I thought, okay, well, no one's about to come up here and, and just rock to the beat and really like pull out the essence of something that's super funky and and makes you feel... I don't know, just in a it different has a era. Swag to it that yeah. I think, like that, that I'm always like, that's it was different than everything else we were seeing it's too. Dancing. So that's why I was like, this is why this criticism shouldn't be there. That's what I felt. Well, it's authentic. It's coming from a place that I listen to this song. I pay attention to what this song should look like, and I think I made a good job of making this song come to life. Now, if it's right for the TV show, I understand. Mm-hmm. Do they think it's right for the TV show? That's what I feel like they were trying to say. But you sh- you can't get knocked on points for being yourself. It's true. So that's I essentially what I got knocked on points for was like <laughs> me not deciding to do a hype song. Right. So then week two, it's like okay, well we're gonna just do exactly what this this show wants, you know, because that's what well, we gotta we gotta be here, you know. So in the moment, what TV we gotta needs. be here, yeah. you know. So it's like I gotta be smarter than doing what I did. So it's like I thought it would be this way. I thought people would perceive it this way, but that was an error on my end. That's not that's not the show's fault. They mm-hmm. want the show. I'm I'm competing on a national television show, you know. So it's not really dollars. it's not really their fault for giving me that critique when you got all these other people setting the bar at 1,000% if they're doing urban dance or Mm hip-hop, right? So it's hard. It's hard to, like, be in their position. And also, like, at the same time, too, it's like they got to have something to say for every, like, you know, like, it can be hard to be a judge, you know, because even when I judge, I'm writing down numbers. But it's hard to, like, sometimes also know that you're speaking on a national television platform as a judge like you know it's like you got I gotta say something in this way I gotta be open minded this way I've given a lot of critiques today I've given a lot you know like right. it's it's so much bigger than 
our performance on that show. So it doesn't bother me. You know, any any negativity, I mean, it doesn't really bother well, you me. You handled it better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Even just, I was yelling at the TV. I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's just like I just see, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I understand why you would think that. And well, you see the big picture. Too, yeah, it's like saying. okay. So then week two, we'll come back and we'll do something that I kind of had like already planned, you know. But but we'll amp it up more than I anticipated doing because we're here now. I'm trying to stay. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Course. Like yeah. I'm not trying to lose. Like <laughs> I'm trying to win this. You're like, like a million is good. I like if it. If I'm competing, like I'm not a super overtly like. I need to win everything all the time person but if I'm gonna compete and it's something that I'm good at like okay well I'm gonna try my hardest like I'm not gonna like yeah. phone it in right, you know right, right. like I'm here and this is me being represented on TV so like let's go like let's go really crazy so um, actually as a crew our our um, this round is actually kind of like what changed the whole dynamic in our group because it was like we're here and we're all tired and we're all drained and we're all dead and we're all trying to make this happen so we got to really like connect on a different level and just like make this super dope so and who were you competing against is it um kinjas so no we're against jabwalkies and Jabberwockies. rouge okay and yeah rouge. all right yeah so it's crazy because well i know rouge like i know jojo and all those girls yep. like i've known them for a super long time and and then um, everyone knows Jabberwocky. So. And then Jabba, I know, I know Jabba too. So yeah. I was like, I actually knew Jabba before they were even on TV. So like, I have, I have like throwback shirts of theirs and like DVDs of theirs before they were even on television. Mm-hmm. That I would buy off them. I got to train with one of their uh, members who unfortunately has passed away, Gary. I got to take, I got to take class with him before he, you know, was gone. And so like, I knew Jabba for a really long time, and it was just dope to like be on the show with them it's great it's pretty cool i know they they really set the bar just you mm-hmm. know being the first i mean culture yeah absolutely everybody knows who jet is everyone does you don't have to know dance you'll still know who they are yeah. that's literally everybody so i mean they have incredible. a show in las vegas so it's like yeah that's it's probably as ma- almost as mainstream as it comes because people yeah. go everyone goes to vegas I and think like it's just dope to have people representing hip-hop culture that's like came from a place that they were just doing it to be artistic and and cool and just do something different. Like I watched those sets on YouTube when they were first going up, you know, and and no one knew what Jabberwockies was. Like these dudes, this crew that got together and wore masks and came like just super hard on hip hop. Like man, that's awesome. Like you know, like wearing masks too. You can't even tell what race people are. You don't, you know, but it's just dudes dancing like killing it yeah and, and really making an impact too yeah. i think that that's such a big deal and i mean too the world of dance has made a huge impact mm-hmm. i think that people don't necessarily understand i'm like what is this i've never seen this and i'm like a lot of these people are very famous in the dance community but yeah. this has really opened up i mean have yeah. you seen just have you seen the impact from your angle of just like a wider audience just from your appearance so far because you're making your second appearance tonight yeah it's and we're, crazy. we're week six yeah it's like pretty far in already yeah yeah um yeah it's definitely different um man i don't really know i think it's gonna be how it truly affects the dance community is gonna be like a a slower process than how the public is affected like people are just gonna be hype off the dance Mm -hmm. right away which is gonna be exciting Mm -hmm. but it'll like the bigger things that shift culture will take a while you know it'll be like 
Keone and Mari get some crazy cool gig off of doing this, you know, or like they get an Emmy or something like for 2018 because they're not even eligible for this year's Emmys. That's crazy. So it's like something crazy like that will happen and it will shift things because now it is like it is setting a new New bar bar. of what is publicly and and culturally accepted as good. You know, you talk a lot when we were talking um, off camera, just a lot about the shifting dance culture. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a big shift. In it, and I really felt the shift, too, as we sort of turned the corner where La La Land even came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think is good about this shift? And what do you think should be That's improved on this shift? That's a great question. I think what's awesome about dance culture shifting right now is that um, things can be spread so easily because of the internet, and I think that people can connect really easily. People can, people can gather together very easily. Technology allows us just so many opportunities to do things that weren't possible so short ago. Um, the bad things uh, is a long list, but. <laughs> The highlights, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a long list, but um, I think people's focus in this new shift is very disheartening. I think that people's focus on success and popularity and likes on social media. I think it's just a little ugly, a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and it makes me sad because I don't do it for that reason and it makes me sad to know that it's not really fair to be mad at the kids because they don't they literally don't know mm-hmm. any other way that there was of being besides people getting a notification when people like them right literally people getting a notification oh this person likes you this person likes you they like 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 that like messes with your brain. Especially Turn off the notifications. <laughs> especially if you're like a, a young person that's developing and understanding what's right and wrong, and it's just like it's just hard for them. I feel like to even know that something's wrong because it's so widely accepted. Mm-hmm. So I think those are like it, it's it's more just that. Things are less pure, I guess. Yeah. Things are less pure. Things are very accessible, but also because everything's so accessible, nothing matters for more than half a second. So people don't spend time on things. That kind of bums me out. Um, uh, Yeah, but I think in the positive light, there are definitely people that are able to create beyond what they ever would have been able to create because of technology, you know, so... Even myself, I went from like two years ago maybe doing a video that would cost me $1,000, $2,000 to something that's a zillion times better quality that now there's like a program called Peer Space where I can rent a location mm-hmm. with permission for four hours for $50. Insurance. Like there are all these things like, that like, people don't realize that That's come. basically like Airbnb on an app. Mm-hmm. for locations and it's like okay well you know now there's a drone that can fit in someone's backpack and we can get aerial shots that are like 4k image i mean you know what i'm saying well, the drone stuff with dance is ridiculous because it's so yeah. awesome to me it's such a game changer for yeah. what you guys can create so it's just like the moment that you're able to 
do all of that stuff for no money for someone that's a creative is super exciting and Mm -hmm. it's like very awesome because you get to see what someone that normally wouldn't have that access can create on you know just being creative so that's dope because you get to see real artists shine um you just got to look for them that's the problem um because the problem is that people people like aim low i kind of talked about this on twitter recently people tend to aim low because sometimes um it's a bigger payoff to do something that's easier because it's quicker and you could get it out faster and it's to this song or it's to this thing that will make it go through the roof you'll know you'll get the likes or the views or whatever you're looking for so i don't have a problem with anybody like you know putting out content and like showing the world what they do I just think the dance world could be much more real about like people's intentions because I'm someone that's been around dance for 14 years so I could tell the difference when I watch someone dance to a song whether this is something that's coming from their heart or whether this is something that was manipulated to uh, gain popularity on social media I know the difference yeah you're like I can see right through it and it's like that's kind of a gut thing that you can't really state as a fact but at the point where I've been around this long, I'm going to state it as a fact because it's like I care about this so much. It's not that you can you can compare who's caring about things more or less, but I know that I've done a lot of things in the dance world that inspired a lot of people to think differently. Mm-hmm. So I do know I have that, and I have a lot of validation by uh, people that I really look up to that are OGs in the game that have really gotten a lot of respect along their way and knowing I have those things makes me confident in the way I feel and the way that I want to speak about you know the betterment of dance and because it's kind of like I talked before I don't have any ulterior motive like I've I've been able to support myself off of dance since I was 15 so amazing I don't need I don't need it you know, I don't need. But so likes. many other dancers and choreographers can't say that too. So you found a way, yeah, um, to really make it work and make it a exactly. part of your life. It's it's a whole universe actually for you, which is incredible. Exactly. Um, believe it or not, like the hour's pretty much up. I know, <laughs> isn't that kind of crazy? I know, that's um, but I, I do have one final question for you. I'm like, I could have, t- we could have been here for another two hours. I've I love dance. I'll talk so, about it forever. I know. Well, maybe you can come back and we can talk <laughs> about all these other topics. I'll yeah, save my let's notes. Do it. Okay. Um, one final question though um in five years yeah where will you be in your head just right now in 2017 where do you think you'll you'll be in 2022 whoa (laughs) man and i'll be uh 29 still a baby yeah that's a good question um man you're catching me at like a super transitional point in my life it's good it's a very transitional point where i kind of don't necessarily have like something holding me down anywhere because so much has opened to me in the last year because mm-hmm. I stopped holding myself back as like that I don't know I guess being insecure as a creator and limiting myself to choreography mm-hmm. so I don't know I guess what I would hope for is to be like I don't have anything really specific you know I guess it's more just to make an impact on on to con- continue to make an impact on culture it's to 
inspire like groups of young men of all young women of all different cultures to like really put out and dedicate time to being a good artist you know and like having a unique voice and finding themselves and being comp like if i can inspire a lot of young great artists uh that would be really cool um I definitely want to be doing a lot more directing and um, but it's weird because I like every aspect of my career. I like directing a lot. I love choreographing a lot and I'm doing that for like a bunch of really awesome artists. I love creative directing where I'm not even choreographing but just like having you know creative input on yep. artists like I love doing all that stuff. I guess I guess kind of just being a curator like I just want to be like someone that. that just you know, if I speak on something and I've, I've put something out, it's like people will enjoy it in some way. And it doesn't have to be about me. Just like I want people to have access to things that I think are of like a high quality that I could tell came from someone that's like, this is real to me. You well, know? I said this to you a year and a half ago and you won't even remember, but I was like, there's aspects to your career that are very Bob Fosse-like, and he's one of my favorite directors. Cool. Director, choreographer, someone who has a really keen eye. So yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. And uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate I that. Know, That's no, a big it's one. It's so good. It's such a good one, though. And I, I really, I, you know, thank you so much for, like, stopping by today and just talking about this. And yeah. seriously, the invite is open because I'm like, I we've, we've got at least another hour of material. We could so. talk about dance forever. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to figure that out. So maybe sometime in the fall. I know you're super busy the next <laughs> yeah, few we'll months. Yeah, we'll Stuff. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And we'll find out yeah. how that battle or that duel winds up since we'll you see won't tonight. tell me. We'll you see guys, tonight. he didn't even tell me off camera. So I just want you to know, like, you know I'm me good. and my scoop. He... NBC. I got you guys. They, they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got your back, NBC. All right. Um, where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, my Twitter and everything is Ian underscore Eastwood. And then my YouTube is still uh, DJ Icon, which is from when I was 10. Oh, so. when you were 10. That's so cute. <laughs> I love it. All right, you guys. Um, we will see you next week on To The Point. I have a little bit of a calendar shift. It's going to be at the same time, same place, but um, the guest will be announced later on this week. So thank you so much for joining us with To The Point. We will see you all next week. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.